You're listening to Imagine Homelands, a podcast series about migrants and their complex lives told from the perspective of migrants. India today is not only the world's largest democracy, but also its most mobile. There's a constant movement from rural to urban, from city to city, and from India to every part of the globe. And guess how many migrants there are in the country roughly? Over 400 million. That makes India both the world's largest migrating population and the largest voting population. And chances are that a good percentage of those who are listening to the podcast are migrants working or studying in a city or state you were not born in. But does migration come in the way of casting your vote in the current Lok Sabha election? Hi, my name is Varun. Much of Indian migration is temporary and seasonal in nature, characterized by semi-permanence. This means that migrants move constantly between home and often changing destinations. However, our current political and administrative setup compels individuals to be physically present in their home constituencies in order to vote. And that is a problem if you're a migrant. Of course, there are ways to transfer your voting rights to the constituency where you currently live. And that is an option for those who permanently settle in a different location. But say you're always moving, or at least temporarily moving, and the election dates are right around the time when you're not in your home constituency. That means better luck casting your vote next time. My name is Lakshmi Nag. I am a Jharkhand. I came to Hyderabad to study. At that time, convent और उस समय तो मेरा एज नहीं था पहले उन्होंने लोग ने मुझे पढ़ाए 10th और 10th सेकंड ईयर इसके बाद मेरा शादी हुई उन्हीं लोगों का एड्रेस है मेरा वोटिंग कार्ड भी बना लिए फिर वोट देने लगे फिर जब हम वोट देते हैं तो झारखंड के सुविधा के वहां पर भी बहुत बदलाव हो चुके हैं इसलिए हम जहां अच्छे कर रहे हैं उन्हीं को हम वोट यहां पर भी देते हैं माइग्रेंट्स लाइक लक्ष्मी are everywhere. If you look around, for instance, your domestic worker could be a migrant and will he or she be motivated to not only take a leave, but go all the way back to her home to cast a vote? Rohini and Priyansha from the India Migration Now team talked to some migrants in Calcutta, Hyderabad, respectively. Rohini spoke uh, to a local domestic worker in Calcutta. Today I'm in conversation with a domestic worker who has migrated from a village in Bengal to the capital city of Kolkata in order to ask her opinions on the situation, her own voting rights and uh, whether or not she has been able to exercise them as a migrant. Kolkata? <laughs> बोलपुर ना एबारे सुनलाम जे आमार भोटेर लिस्टा वेड़ियेचे 
তো ভাবছি এবারে যাব আর এই 20 বছরে এর আগে কি কখনো আপনি ভোট দিয়েছেন না কাজের জন্য যাওয়া হয়নি কখনো আর দাবার সেই রকম মনে করিনি সেই রকম আমার প্রতি কেউ তদন্ত করেনি যে ভোট মার খাচ্ছে কোন বা কোথায় গেল এই নম্বরের ভোট মেশিন सम्भवना political disenfranchisement uh, it is also extremely difficult for them even when they want to exercise their right to vote to even transfer their vote to their current constituency uh, my respondent uh, had a very tough time going back whenever there was voting that happened and uh, she says that there was not much cognizance given by her local parties as well when it comes to uh, her own voting rights she was also not fully aware about the details of how votes are to be trans how her voter id card is to be transferred to her current constituency and uh, even if made aware she is doubtful whether she will be able to follow through with the process given the nature of her work and the frequency with which she is able to go home let's talk about students indian students are one of the fastest growing segments of migration from india and at the same time they form the bulk of the young voters within india but while on one hand we encourage the youth to participate in voting and political processes the actual act of casting a vote is not really made easy for them priyansha went to hyderabad central university and spoke with some student migrants from different parts of india we are at the university of hyderabad where a lot of students from all over the country come to study and we decided to talk to a few students here we have vimal with us who is a student of the university uh, vimal is from kerala hi vimal hi i'm from kerala and i'm doing my ma in communication here in university of hyderabad it's my second year uh, vimal do you follow politics yeah i do keep track on politics and did you vote this year like uh, in kerala the voting is on 22nd hmm. but i have an exam on 23rd and another exam on 24th so i don't think i would be able to cast my vote this time and have you voted before this yeah i voted once for assembly election in kerala and have you ever thought of you know enrolling yourself here instead of uh, kerala no i never thought of enrolling here but what i thought was that i'll go back to kerala during election and cast my vote but then the time table came up so the dates are clashing so I, i won't be able to make it so the time is up so i couldn't enroll here as well we came to the cafeteria of the university and uh, spoke to some other students some other interstate migrants on their views of pol- on political participation and whether they were able to vote uh, this year or not hello Uh, I'm Akmulla Chamir and I'm from Nagaland. So uh, I did not vote this this time. 
बिकॉज आई एम फ्रॉम नागालैंड आई डोंट हैव टू परमिट टू वोट हेयर सो आई डि नॉट वोट दिस टाइम एंड इन जनरल डू यू फॉलो पॉलिटिक्स या लिटिल बिट ऑफ एवरीथिंग या Okay. Yeah, as a journalist student, uh, we have to follow the news. So, uh, pretty much it as about it, but I don't have that much interest in politics. So, uh, are you enrolled in the uh, registered at in your uh, source state? Is that it? Yes, yes. My my mom just gave me a call saying that uh, my voter's card has arrived. Okay. But since I couldn't come home, I couldn't vote. And uh, have you thought of enrolling yourself here? No, because I I don't plan on staying here forever. So, there's no point in enrolling here because after my graduation, I I don't know where I'll be going next. And for how much time have you been here? I'm here for two years. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing my master, so okay, it will be completed this year. अमेरिका में बसे हुए मेरे प्यारे भाइयों और बहनों. In Prime Minister Modi's tenure, we have seen him interact with the Indian diaspora around the world during his foreign visits. His live appearances and public speeches have seen throngs of NRIs turn up and participate. But prior to 2011, non-resident Indians could not exercise their franchise because the law required citizens to be physically residing within their constituency before they could register as voters. Consequently, the Representation of People Act 1950 was amended in 2011 to permit overseas citizens to register in the constituency mentioned in their passports, effectively giving NRIs voting rights. But the requirement of physically participating in voting process continued to discourage NRI participation. We spoke to Amin in Paris and Hashmita in Boston, two students studying abroad, about their hopes and expectations for the current Indian election. I mean hi Priyansha you still follow indian politics yes uh, i do follow indian politics uh through news uh, uh, newspapers online newspapers through the social media and through online uh, tv channels which i watch and what about these elections you are away from home what is it like yeah uh, i'm actually uh, looking forward for the results of the this election i feel it's very important it's turning stage in the indian uh, political scenario right now and i feel that uh, this election has a big role to play and uh, so i'm looking forward to that but again uh, i won't be able to cast my vote and i'm actually a little disappointed about that but yeah but i, I don't have an option to go back to india it's uh, also very costly if i to go back and cast my vote so have, have you actually looked at these options you know that are available for immigrants uh yes uh, so i know about the uh, possibility of voting as a uh, as first registering as an nri voter Uh, with the indian consulate or indian embassy and then uh, uh, and then uh, going back to india when the uh, on the actual date of uh, polling and then uh, cast the vote uh, hmm. but uh, yeah so i i happen to know about this uh, maybe uh, two years or uh, two years back when the uh, election uh, when uh, when my parents were uh, my parents uh, live in uh, saudi arabia so uh they were uh, thinking of uh, registering with the uh, indian embassy uh 
uh, as NRA voters, but again, they also couldn't uh, go back at the time of election and uh, cast their votes. Hi, Hasmita. Hi, Priyansha. How much time have you been in America now? I have been in Boston since about eight months now. And I'm here for my master's degree. So you have a voter ID card, but you've never been able to cast your vote at the home constituency. I, yeah, I think my parents told me that my voter ID got delivered home this year. Okay. But uh, I don't know if that happened when I was in college. But yes, I have never been able to vote, though I really wish I can because I want to be able to vote. And how important do you think that is? I mean, you know, you are, uh, you have a lot of opinions on something like this, and but you're not able to vote. So how important do you think it is for everybody to have access and be able to go out and vote? It is very important. And in a democracy, it's the most important thing that sustains, you know, everyone's lifestyle. In fact, in the US, uh, people don't get a holiday on voting day. So people who like students like me or people who work may be discouraged from voting because they don't get a holiday but in india we have that option where we like i think voting day is a public holiday everywhere mm-hmm. so the fact that countries like india are doing their bit at least in terms of encouraging people to vote but mm-hmm. uh, you know i don't understand why people who have the resources to vote or who live near the voting area why don't they just go and you know cast a vote because it is very important and people just don't do that and i don't understand why because as someone who's far away and really involved and who really wishes they can vote, yeah. I don't have the opportunity to do that. And I can imagine that there are so many more people like me hmm. out there. After low turnouts in many migrant home constituencies in the 2014 elections and a slew of writ petitions by members of the Indian diaspora to facilitate voting at destination, the Election Commission of India set up committees to explore migrant voting in India. We spoke with Dr. Ashwini Kumar from TIST Mumbai and the author of a highly cited election commission report on migrant voting rights in India. So what, what's happening here, that your electoral registration, I'm coming back to electoral registration because that's at the heart of the migrants' life mm-hmm. and political participation in right. elections. Right. right. Because unless until you are registered, mm-hmm. unless until you are recognized, you cannot become a voter, right, Varun? Absolutely. In the Form 6. Yes. In the Form 6. Yes. Of ECI. Mm-hmm. And what is happening here, that is not a fundamental right. That's a statutory and at the most a constitutional right. Right. Article 324, Article 325, and specifically Article 326 elaborates that you have right to vote as a constitutional right because of universal adult franchise and suffrage. Yes. But when we look at, you know, uh, you know, 14, 19, and 21, we don't find that, uh, you know, right to vote is conceptual. I see, right, I work, I've worked on NRG extensively, worked on right to food, right to employment, but right. somehow there is a deeper paradox here, Varun. Right. But migrants uh, face continuous obstacles and challenges because they cannot exercise right to vote as fundamental right. That's a serious lacuna, the way we have conceptualized the relationship between migrants' right to vote and the constitution. And let me, you know, let me point out the bias, political right. bias. Please. When we were uh, you know, asked to do a survey for NRI, you know, engaging Indian overseas electors, and you remember that last year, a bill was presented before yes. Lok Sabha yes. for making, uh, you know, identifying non-resident Indians and giving them proxy voting for participating in Indian elections. Correct. And the figure that we estimated for NRI 
compared to internal migrants, is very small varun. 10 million, between 10 and 18 million. Yes, yes. The system not reliable, you know, through secondary sources, we compute it, that seems like uh, 10 million to 18 million, you know, globally, you yes. know, non-resident Indians. Very quickly, you know, Government of India proceeded, Election Commission proceeded, based on our analysis and the report that we presented to them, and presented this bill before Lok Sabha. Lok Sabha has passed the bill, but it's still pending in Rajya Sabha. Sabha. Right. So what I'm trying to point out, because NRI is a very influential political constituency, right? Yes, yes. They are vocal compared to internal migrants, right? Yes. They are very visible compared to internal migrants, especially poor, cyclical, temporary, seasonal migrants, right? They are hardworking people. And, and poor people, they are absent, you know, they are invisible. Right. And that is where uh, we coined the term and the phrase that invisible disenfranchisation of yes. poor in India. Right, right. So, so for me, it's both a political question and also, uh, also an ethical question that why does it happen? Right. And when we look at uh, different sources of the data, we find out that even at the policy level, there is a systematic bias for, you know, urban, say, urban migrants, especially, you know, uh, living in the you know, rich neighborhood, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, and more so, external migrants, uh, non-resident Indians. Right. Not for, not for Maroon, internal migrants, uh, and especially poor migrants. So I would say... And that uh, this is very, very embedded uh, into the way that we have conceptualized uh, migrants in the constitution. The picture that we get at the end of all these interactions is that the voter participation rate comes down drastically in India without the power of the migrant vote. As the conversation with our expert, Dr. Ashwini Kumar, reveals, the exclusion of the migrant vote is a pervasive and a massive problem which is embedded deeply in our constitution and political process. Yet, there's little that we see the government doing in terms of addressing this issue. When they have done something, they focus on the privileged NRI migrants and have excluded the bulk of migrants in the country which are internal. To make a democracy substantive and inclusive, we need a collective conversation about what the gaps in the system are and how they are to be fixed. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a collaboration between The Quint and India Migration Now. India Migration Now is a non-profit based in Bombay with an aim of helping India grab the opportunities migration has to offer. 